2: Hello and welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Cairns and joining me today, he's got a festive jumper on. It's Craig Anderson. Hello. And he's in a very reindeer. What's that, sorry? Reindeer for the for the listeners. And he's in a very festive mood. It's Tom Watt. How you doing, Tom?
0: Ho ho ho. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. Good.
2: How are you? Trying to raise the spirits here before we get started, Tom. Thanks for the
0: the assistance. You've done a good job. You've you've already raised my spirits. I just thought I
1: would add, add an audio description for the uh, or, or the opposite. Yeah, add an audio description since uh, since they won't be able to see my jumper. I have like been toying with because I mean they're, they're a bit of a, an efficiency like Christmas jumpers in the sense you can only wear them one month a year. So I was like trying to decide last year because this is from last year if I could get away with it in January or not because it is just like reindeer. It's not like it's like it's like a winter. Specific theme, but I've been told like by a couple of people. But it's uh, at the first time I tried it in January last year. I got told uh, like why are you wearing a Christmas jumper? So I've kind of scaled that back a bit. But at the end of the day, um, I'm I'm not buying another jumper. So I
2: still so. listen to E17. Stay another day in January. So I think you can wear that jumper in January. I think that's <laughs> totally fine. You can get two months out of it. We are here on the Monday after the league. Cup final play between Hibbs and Celtic finished 2-1 to Celtic a double from Kyogo two absolutely wonderful finishes from him Hibbs had taken the lead I mean about 17 seconds or something um, before they conceded it what were we'll start with you Craig what were your initial thoughts on the
1: game? Uh, I, I don't think it was the best game it was it was entertaining enough especially in the second half but I thought Hibs started really poorly like they they didn't get a kick of the ball for probably the first 25 minutes of the game Celtic just looked like they were going to steamroller them run over the top of them and then Hibs did grow into it a wee bit and, and when they took the lead I thought you know what they've, they've got a bit of a chance there Um and of course they, they, they may have done had they been able to hold on to the um hold on to the lead for more than like half a second, it might have helped. But they I mean they were undone by by two I mean very poor defending, and we'll get on to that for both goals. Like like oh not identical goals but identical in the type of failure defensively that it was it was just a big ball over the top and they 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 were sleeping both times. Um, Porter is the main culprit um, I would say for both goals it kind of comes over his shoulder but the quality from Keogh is superb it's just, it's just like pure technique um, the, the first goal the way he traps the ball turns um so quickly and then the second one is i uh, wee leaf out of Louis Malt's, uh book but I think actually Graham will not like me saying this but technically probably even better than Louis Maltz just that the way he takes it first time like that is well, uh, uh, I- yes I saw
2: Chris Sutton say that uh, there were Larson-like finishes, and I think that was—I think that was very apt in the technique and the occasion when he came up with the goals, basically. And especially after uh, we have got you, Tom, the uh, an injury layoff, uh, returning right after an injury layoff, basically to be the hero on the day.
0: Yeah, I think the the. The feeling was that if there was any kind of chance that he was going to be anything approaching fit, he'd, he'd be playing. I mean, he's he's been sensational this season, and Celtic have been okay, but him having him on in the, the team as kind of as a focal point just makes such such a difference. Um, and you can see even not just in, the, in his finishing, but in the runs that he makes, and the distraction that he causes, and and the way that. Um, especially in the second half, when the game opened up a little bit more, the the way that he was able to like some of his his late runs into the box and some of it his his movement that were were causing as much problems as anything else. Just like a, a, a lovely a lovely football player. If it wasn't for the fact that he. he he cheats so often. <laughs> he, I, he would be my my favorite old firm footballer in a very long time because he's 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 brilliant to watch. Just it's so frustrating the the, the diving and the, the theatrics. But he he's a brilliant all round striker. Like I, I think there were a lot of question marks about uh, his physique, how um, how he'd hold up in the kind of rough and tumble world of, of Scottish football no problem whatsoever with that because nobody can Very get near deep, him his movement is just nobody the best can, in yeah. the league
2: so it doesn't need to be physical because nobody can get near him and then every time you do he falls over like you say yeah
1: <laughs> he's, he's got, got that like the, the the going down stuff it's like it's like a mix So it kind of reminds me of when Ryan Fraser played in Scotland he's got the mix of being so small and lightweight as well that he's a diver and any his touch probably is more to him because he's not that strong. So he's <laughs> it a lighter player. To, it looks so much more like ridiculous. Like there was even the one with Macy in the first half where you could just tell he was desperate for the hit to go down. And Macy did really well to pull out of it. But it, it, it's hard. I mean, you're, you're talking about the player as a whole, but it's and it's hard to not mention that side of his game. But at the same time, yeah, in terms of pure quality... I, is there been a more technically gifted Celtic player since like Maravchik in terms of what he can do with the ball? Nakamura maybe's close. Like um, he's that type of player, even though he plays a wee bit higher up the park than they do. Um, yeah, I, I, it's very difficult to watch him and not just think, you know, you're really good. It's a, yeah. it's a very simple thing to say, but it's, it's, it's just what jumps into your head. It's like, this, this guy can play football.
2: Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where he will end up because he, he looks like the kind of guy that will end up in a, a top Spanish club or something like that. He, he does look that good um, and... Sorry to kind of go into the negative a wee bit there uh, on him <laughs> during his uh, heroic performance in a cup final, but I, I suppose we should get one other Celtic negative out the way before we continue. It almost became the Carl Starfelt cup final with him missing that chance fairly early on, and then just just being a bomb scare for about ten minutes or something where it, it could have been the the it, it could have been over for. Um, Celtic he he gives away the corner doesn't do very well from the resulting corner and then oh god you have to refresh my memory what was the score
1: when Nesbitt robs him one. i think it was 2-1 it was right, i think okay. it was 2-1 it was either 2-1 one or 1-1 one, one, but i think it was 2-1 but that one with that one with Nesbitt is like he makes a mistake in the first place in just kind of letting this pinch the ball off his toe and, and get in and he makes a good recovery to get back now Nisbet's obviously hampered by the fact he's on his weaker side of the park and doesn't have much support so Nisbet kind of does the right thing but also simultaneously allows Starfelt back into position but then Starfelt is so cheap in letting him uh, get back on like back away from him it's like so easily beaten um and, and, and Hart heart, I thought I thought Hart um Hart had a tremendous game again and turned up when it mattered again for Celtic. Um we are awaiting this like calamitous blunder that will cost them at some point, but it's not came yet. And um and yeah, I think Nesbit should do a wee bit better, but Starfelt, it was just a combination of things. It's like so easy for the goalie just like because handling he's tracking handling 10-15 yards, it's a long run that Hanlon makes to get onto that ball and Starfield just loses him and then he misses a chance down the other end as well round about the same time and yeah I just don't think he's very good like I think um, he he doesn't look like a player that Celtic have spent the amount of money that they've spent on you you see what you get with Julian I'm not as sold on Carter Vickers as others are but you see what he offers but for Starfield he he just looks calamitous
0: Craig, yeah, I don't. I I oh don't sorry. know what they've seen in in, in, in Starfield. I think the, for for the goal especially, like that that ball is not drilled in. It's not like he's got to react quickly. It's not like there's bodies all over the shop that he he's got. to... He's got plenty of time. It's f- this floated corner that, that that comes in. If he just plants his feet and, and anticipates where the ball's coming down, then he's he's going to be fine. I think, like you say, with. Celtics still have a big issue with the, the, the defence I don't think there is an awful lot of quality in the defence um, with the I mean Greg Taylor had a pretty good game going forward especially in the first half was kind of the main attacking outlet but I don't think there is a huge amount of quality even there's still even question marks over Brazilian over but most of them have kind of one flaw that either they will work on or or, or protocol will, will work on or the combined powers of other players round about them will hide that. Starfield's got four or five flaws. Like he, he's, he loses his man, he's careless with his distribution, he isn't good with high balls over the top of him, he's not, like his anticipation of what's coming next seems to be all over the shop and I don't think those are things that a manager can fix. I think he's just not pretty good
2: there is a lot being made of the penalty shout at the end but what I've been saying and nobody's been responding to me so I don't know whether I'm just talking shite is that Hibbs after the foul have two opportunities to put the ball in the net one of them they hit the post the other one they blast over the bar from a sitter is that not the advantage being played and Hibbs getting the advantage and wasting the
1: so, advantage so I deliberately didn't reply to you because I thought well why, why not have it out on the, the podcast because Bare, you barely really slept there. man barely um, slept I, I, I don't think it is so, so there's a couple of things that play there if, uh, if that ball had gone into the net you can bet your ass that the referee would have signalled as though he was playing an advantage but I don't he didn't signal an advantage at any point and pretty much for a, for a penalty to get an advantage played you're looking at literally a player is about to have a tap-in or you know a really good chance or letting it go for a second to see if they score before you pull it back I don't think either of those chances were sufficiently easy chances for it to be given as an advantage so I don't think I don't think there was an advantage being played I think the referee just didn't see it or didn't think it was a foul one thing I mean for for it's it's very clearly a foul It, it should have been a penalty one thing I'll say is at the time I, I didn't see much of a reaction from the hips players. Like, I don't know if they were too oh, well. I was about to say that there was, there was one exception, I think it's um, dodge When the ball, um, Deutsch is number nine, right? Um, because that, that was what I was trying to work out. The yeah. ball rebounds off the post from the header, and he, as the ball's being headed, is like appealing and actually ends up because he's too busy appealing for the penalty ends up being like off balance and not the not being in position to get the rebound, which I think he might have had the chance of doing had he not been doing that. But beyond that, like they were obviously, I mean, it was partly because they were also gutted at missing two really good opportunities. But I watching it live actually didn't see the foul um, either. I was probably too focused on the ball, so I assume that's what the referees done. Um, but it, it is a penalty and. I don't buy I don't, know if I, was go, I don't buy this oh well Celtic should have had one in the first half because that that one in the first half isn't a penalty um, the, I can see they're both like similar types of challenges but the Starfield what is Starfield is a really um, clear shove whereas like McGinn on Taylor is like a nudge and I don't if VR was in place and thankfully it's not because we I, I don't want it to ever be in place but if it was the Celtic one wouldn't have been given and the Hibs one would have been given and we would have had a controversy anyway. Um, But that that was a very clear penalty that was missed for me.
2: Uh, we should have a word for Ange Postacoglu, Tom. He has won a trophy at the first time of asking. I, I found it quite funny that recently some Rangers fans have been tweeting a lot about how Celtic have been scraping results Well, they've been swiping teams aside. And on the weekend where they scraped past um, the Dundee United reserve team with a penalty, their rivals were winning the League Cup. And yeah, Ange Postacoglu comes to Scotland. He's got barely anything to work with when he comes in the door. He somehow puts a patchwork squad together at the start of the season and isn't completely out of the, the title going into Christmas. And he... Yeah, he's he's turned up with a bit of silverware and he's on the tails of Rangers in the league.
0: Yeah, uh, and I mean, he, he gives good press conferences. He's very articulate. Like he's, as a manager in these things, uh, as a manager and not my manager, he's a breath of fresh air. You know, as a, a, as a manager of a rival club, I think he's conducted himself very well because Celtic were an absolute disgrace. They were, I mean, they were they they were almost like they, they, i think we, we said previously that they almost had started the season with like a 10 point disadvantage over rangers just because of the shambles that they'd been left in at the end of last season with players leaving not you know contracts being you know players leaving because of their contract situation the the kind of malaise that they they had at the end of last year where they just kind of downed tools at the end he's come in He's not had much time to work with anything, but he's put his first trophy in in the trophy cabinet. And there's a sense, and these things can turn really quickly. But I think there's a sense that they're starting to get momentum. Yeah, they're they're grinding out results. Yes, they're finding late winners from things. You know, they're they're not blowing teams away yet. Um, I don't. I mean, if I if I if I had the managerial ability to to manage at that level, I'm not convinced I would be asking my players to try and score three or four when my defence is as ropey as I think Celtic's is. But going forward, it's clicking. It's starting to it's starting to work. And I think what we I think you could almost summarize the whole League Cup final with Hibs had their chances and were you know, ultimately quite unlucky with some of the decisions that, that, that didn't go their way. But they're kind of a team looking for an, an identity. They're looking for something at the moment. Celtic know what their identity is. They're just not quite there yet. But I think there's a sense that that will come. He doesn't need a huge amount of, to do a huge... Like if they if if they can sort out the defence, if he can make a couple of signings to give them a bit of... Uh, a, a few more options off the bench because the the drop in quality when when they've lost a couple of bodies is fairly large. Um But they're getting there. Um, the the signs are good.
2: I think that's uh, one of the things you've said that I think is huge, Tom. That um they I don't I don't know which players are Ange Postacoglu signings exactly and which ones aren't. I mean, you obviously Keelgo is. But you just look at the players that they've brought in recently. We've spoken about one, there's another few like McCarthy that haven't been that have been strange signings or, or, or haven't quite worked. But you look at the like a Hart, the likes of Hart, Juranovic, Kyogo, Abada, all these guys that have come in have have contributed and have been very good sign ins. And you're right that the issue is the drop off after these guys and with all the injuries that they've had. But um if they continue with that kind of rate of signing success and quality, then they're then Rangers have got a real a real challenge on their their hands for for the league. I kind of touched on something there, alluded to injuries there. Craig, there was another one in this game for Turnbull. I quite liked the analysis from Craigan and Michael Stewart on this, where they were talking about that's his first ever muscle injury, and it's not really it's not really his. Uh, it, He's not really one for getting those kind of injuries. I know he had a really, really bad one, but that 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 was kind of different. And is is there now questions being asked about whether some of these players are? Uh, there's a mixture of playing too much and playing too high in intensity.
1: Well, and I think that there's always question marks when you have a manager who plays like that. In in in. They're they're not necessarily exactly the same tactically, but Bielsa is another manager who's always kind of been they always talked about his really high intensity. And I remember the when he managed the Athletic Bilbao Bow and yeah, he got they got to they the Europa yeah. League final. And, and they just they just started to run out of steam at the end of a season because they played so many games, and Celtic will be hoping to get to get far in Europe this season as well. Like they're they're in a tournament where there are some decent teams in it, but they've shown they're capable of kind of playing, you know. Betis are in the top the top four of La Liga at the moment and Celtic beat them um, and would have won over two legs if you want to make that stupid type of analysis um, uh, or, or would have drawn sorry over two legs um, and the they are going to expect to have a long season they want to win everything they play in they need to be careful about not picking up too many injuries the conditions, like if you're a manager, like Postecoglou, is mainly managed in hot countries so far, and and it's different. Again, going out in a, in a cold December, even on one of the you know the best pitches and stuff, and they, they do generally the pitches aren't that bad in Scotland anymore. But the they're going to pick up these types of injuries because there's just coldness impacts. So I'm, again, I'm not an expert, but having Playing the amount of games that they do, not rotating the players because they don't have the depth, as has been touched on, all of these things contribute, and, and it doesn't surprise me that play, teams that play with high intensity are going to get more injuries because it's they're being asked to do more, they're asked to put their bodies through more, um, and so it, it didn't it didn't surprise me, and there, there's a question mark about the kind of cost of that as to whether you know if you're a manager, and I, I tend to think of him as a manager who sees his players as like objects to move around on the pitch and that's fine. But it can impact, you know, David Turnbull probably doesn't want to play for Celtic his whole career. And so any injury that holds back him, there's, there's a cost to his prospects. And so he has to be careful about not damaging players. Um, you know, an odd injury here and there that happens, but you don't want to you don't want to completely burn out young players because he's got some young players in that team. But at the same time, that's the football supporters want to watch so there is a balance, I mean they're, they're a fantastic team to watch, like I, I'm generally interested in watching them play football and, and you can't always say that about um, Celtic teams previously so there is a balance to be had and, and when you're winning trophies at Celtic you're always going to get away with it
2: And where did it go wrong for Hibs on the day, Tom? Was it is it as simple as that they, they went into it with a, a rookie manager and Celtic weren't at their best on the day, so maybe maybe somebody more experienced like Jack Ross would have would have been able to take advantage like that of something like that, like he did in the semi final against Rangers, or or did the or did the management do enough a good enough job on the day, and the and the hips just weren't clinical enough, and 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 were too poor defensively at key
0: moments. Um, I I I don't know what anyone could have necessarily done differently. I mean, I. I I have, Hibs were lucky to be in the game at half time. They were really poor in the first half, and Celtic weren't like you know that much better. But they had the line share of possession. They were, you know, they had the one that Paul Hanlon cleared off the line, which was just kind of remarkable that that didn't somehow that that didn't go in. Um, but they were they were kind of lucky to to still be in the game because they were incredibly poor in the first half. The the game changes on whether or not they hold their concentration when they score. Because I mean, they, they didn't, they they hadn't done. Like, if you were to set up against Celtic and you were to look at what their weaknesses are, the weaknesses are defensively. The weaknesses are, um, you know, balls into the six-yard box, six to ten yards out. They have not been good at that all season. You know, those kind of hanging crosses. Um, Joe Hart's not comfortable coming and dealing with them. The defense is not very good, is not good enough knowing what to deal with. It. So they get their chance, they score from it. They just need to keep the head. They just need to like you you would be saying, you know, just let's take this thing out of this for the next 10 minutes. I mean, there's the there's the the video that's been up on Twitter of the Hibs fans all celebrating, and you know, a minute later it, it completely kills the buzz. And I have been At Hampden, enough times, and been in the vacuum of the opposition support when the Celtic fans go crazy, and it just sucks the life out of you. That that was that was the pivotal point. Just keeping hold of keeping hold of the emotions, not getting overexcited, keeping the head because both goal. I mean, as, as good as both goals were, they're both from lapses in concentration.
2: Okay I, I meant to say at the start of the show actually that we still intend to do as many in-person podcasts as possible but for now we're doing this one over Zoom just because so close to Christmas we we didn't want to risk ruining one of our Christmases or, or all of our Christmases. At Christmas. all, all <laughs> all of <them. laughs> so we thought we'd just uh, get this one out over Zoom um, and details what's coming up o- over the festive period at the end of the show but we're going to move on to the four league matches that were played at the weekend and we'll start with Motherwell beating St Johnston 2-0 a very very comfortable result for Motherwell um just just one shot on target for St Johnston. they that's their by, by my reckoning i've got uh, i think they've had nine shots on target in six matches or something along those lines um that's our six. In those six straight defeats that they're on, in that time they've had one goal, which was which was an own goal. The last St Johnston player to score was Ali Crawford on October thirtieth. I
1: did think you were going to say Ali McCann for a second there. And I was that going to really? <laughs> that would
2: have <laughs> been quite something. That. Yeah, that would have been great, but not not quite. It was uh, it was Alistair Crawford that uh, that got that one. They've got a really. I mean, one of the worrying things now is they look like they're starting to concede more goals they've conceded two in their both their last two matches and that's even if you look at this poor run that they've been on that's still very un-St. Johnston like they have a very crucial match coming up against Ross County on Wednesday did you see any you guys see any of this match?
0: Yeah what's um, the what's the what's the highlights back Um. I think we'll do some Johnson first I think Um, the most alarming thing about about them now is they're easy to play against Um, and the biggest problem that they've got is that they are easy to play against if you're if you've got Ross County uh, you know if you're playing Ross County at the moment you know you're going to be in a in a match They're, they're they're scoring goals Ross County are scoring goals Dundee are kind of usually cold but occasionally hot um, and they've got the, the, an ability to kind of pull pull results out of the bag. Both of them are, you know, both of them are are, are fairly decent ish going forward for the the bottom sides. St Johnston look incredibly soft at the moment. They're not They've I mean they've got they've got nine this season. Um, only scored nine goals this season, um, but defensively they're looking incredibly incredibly soft as well. Um, and I think they're they're starting to creak a bit. I think that I mean they 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 had a they had a poor start of last season and ultimately had you know the the best season that they've ever had. I think they don't have the squad. I, I mean, presumably Davidson will already be looking at strengthening, but the defense doesn't look anything like his. They, they were always like niggly defensively. They were always. They were they, they always stayed in a game, even against you know Rangers and Celtic. They they lost a goal, they would rarely get steamrollered. Now they're getting steamrolled, and Motherwell absolutely trounced them like it was it, it was 2 0, but it was so comfortable. And every time there was a ball over the top, Kevin Van Veen was was you know rinsing out whoever McCart or, or Gordon and for for pace and strength. and they just look a bit feckless at the moment. Um, and and I don't know where the goals are coming going to come from. There, there isn't a, with the exception of, you know, Stevie May seven, eight years ago, um, there isn't a proven goal scorer in this team. And if you've only scored, like previously they would always be quite good at, at like sharing the goals around. They've never been like a particularly high scoring team, but there isn't anybody else sharing the, the burden of goals. There, last season they had the number of options up front. They could go with kind of four different variations on the the two and the one or the, the, the front three that um that they wanted to play. This season they don't have that. Um and they're in they're in trouble. They're in serious trouble.
1: I think you just look at the the transfer business that they've done in the summer like it's been it's been in hindsight especially very, very poor. Like okay there was all the the high profile stuff about you know the way that both McCann and Kerr left on deadline day and all that, and that in itself is is a problem. But the issue is beyond that, like they lost three key players from, from that cup winning team and those two plus Melamed But they also lost uh, like two decent squad players in Conway and Tanzer who neither of whom were were brilliant or anything for them last season, but they contributed and they've brought in absolutely nothing. Like all of their signings have got what, one, two, three, four, five, six players on loan none of them have really been very good the, the signing of Crawford at like other people rate him I've never really thought much of him he, he runs about a lot, well done and Cammy McPherson was a baffling one um, they've not got much out of Middleton he's a player that I do quite like but the, he's, he's not quite done enough and then all the other ones the, all the players have brought up uh, from English football none of them have, have done well as is usually the case it's very rare to be honest to sign players on loan from English clubs and them have that much impact and so the the business that they have done has been terrible and, and therefore the squad is just so much weaker than last season's squad and that puts them at a major disadvantage if you're a team who has been grinding out results and that's what they did all of last season nothing wrong with that it doesn't take much for that switch to be to be flipped as I say as I know when, from, from Kelly doing it we, we were grinding out results and then we just we just stopped because suddenly the parts of the team the players who turned that grinded 0-0 into a 1-0 or a 1-0 defeat into a 1-0 win weren't there all of a sudden you just keep losing games and, and they have a poor squad now they've got some good players in it but on the whole a complete lack of depth Whoever's been uh, putting the squad together between between Davidson and whoever else is involved, have have not done a good job this year, and last year they did, and that's kind of the that's kind of what what it boils down to. But do I think they have they have a manager and players who could drag them out of it? Probably, but I am becoming you know with every passing defeat, becoming less convinced of that.
2: And for Motherwell, they had uh, Johansson back. He was excellent. They had Liam Donnelly back in the centre midfield. And 20-year-old Dean Cornelius, he got he opened the scoring. Absolutely tremendous touch and, and finish into the bottom corner. And Motherwell are on, a, are mm-hmm. on a, a decent run at the moment. They have four wins in seven. I think it's something like that. And all their wins, they haven't conceded... A goal, and yeah, my my favorite part of this match it was kind of related to something Tom said, and that was Sean Rooney seemed to fall over after Kevin Van Veen held his hand.
1: Yeah, I mean it was quite a day for people falling over on the on the pitch at First Park um, with Sean Rooney doing that. Um, But it was um, yeah, Muller were tremendous. Um, Muller were were they are a team who. I think this is what you get with Alexander. They might not turn up sometimes, but when they turn up, they're a really good team to watch. It's kind of a bit of a continuation from Robinson. They, they steamroller teams. They run over the top of them. They run more than teams. They physically are stronger than teams, but they have technique in that team. It was it was a beautiful goal from Cornelius. Like The touch, the technique for a young guy to do that, and then his interview um, I saw on, on SportsZene after the game really... Um, you know, a local boy, um a supporter of the club, their 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 youth system has done really well recently. Motherwell, I think it's one that goes under the radar a wee bit. But we look at um even just Turnbull Campbell and and potentially now someone else coming through, they, they made good money off James Scott. Um, jury's out on him, obviously, as a player. Um they've done really well out of it recently. And he looks like he could be another one who potentially influences it. But at the, when Van Veen is playing he um, he's just he's just a fantastic footballer and you saw that again he, he, he's a player who goes missing sometimes but when he, when he doesn't go missing when he's there the technique he has and, and he has a bit of a wrecking ball as well um, he's someone that you, you're you willing to pay to watch
2: yeah and Tom there- I feel like there's no doubt in what the front three can do now for Motherwell, but having players like Johansson and Donnelly back, really kind of, I mean, those kind of players improve upon what they had in there before, rather than just adding more depth. And yeah, they're they're, they're looking they're looking a tasty side at the moment.
0: Yeah, they are. They, I I didn't see. I mean, you said this before. I. I I didn't see this coming at all. I, I didn't think they'd sign particularly well. I thought they'd lost high-profile players, and I couldn't see where the creativity was going to come. I think the, they've fully embraced this kind of, like like Craig said, this kind of wrecking ball, and having three wrecking balls up front, um, which gives them, which means they are unpredictable. It means that they, they don't, you don't always know what Motherwell are going to turn up, but they, they don't. They're entertaining without being intricate. Like they so, if, if you don't have, um, you know, tons of players that can thread the ball through an eye of a needle, then don't don't try and do that. Um, they're they're very the, the front three are all really good at playing on the shoulder. They're all niggly players. They're all um, but they all they all work incredibly hard, and I think that's what they've got running throughout the team. There isn't necessarily tons of guile, but there's there's an awful lot of there, there it's a very cohesive team that we know what that they, they will they seem to have now that players are coming back. They now seem we now need to we now need to know we now do know what the eleven is going to be. They've got a very good goalkeeper. the defense looks pretty solid. Um that midfield looks looks pretty settled now and they've got a mixture of everyone is everyone's got the, the work rate but there's a mixture of like, good good set pieces um, they, they go along really well and it's fun when they do yeah they're a really difficult team to play against when they play like this and I mean they it, it was 2-0 it, it could have comfortably been more had Motherwell really wanted to push on um, you know both both two, two very nicely worked goals St. Johnston Contributed to their, down, their own downfall. But Motherwell playing like this are, you know, the, at the very least, they're going to be a top six side.
2: I'm talking of teams that are starting to look a bit more settled, two others are Livingston and Ross County, who played out a 1 1 draw in the most confusing match to watch <sighs> in Scottish football history, I, I believe. <laughs> I, I don't know who decided on this. I mean, I. I made more sense of the last five minutes through the fog at Dens than I could of most of this match. I just kept having to remind myself that the team in yellow, all yellow, at the Tony Macaroni is not Livingston.
1: Yeah, like they're home. I don't understand. I don't know if it's a Livingston thing. I did not understand why they've got a black home strip this season. Um, it, 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 it's weird. But anyway, yes, it was incredibly confusing. They should have banned Ross County from playing in yellow, telling them to wear any other colour. Because <laughs> I, watching these highlights with the with the volume off, so I, I, I subsequently watched them on Sports Scene, was very confused when Livingston scored first, <laughs> and, and and it took it took me a long time to work out what was going on. I thought it was like a disallowed goal or something like that. It, it just wasn't on. Um, but but once you got beyond that, it was a really it was a really entertaining game as um, well, really like. You know what you're going to get from both teams now. The, the, they both kind of struggle to find their identity at the start of the season. But as you say, you now know Livingston are, are leaning back towards levy ball, um, if you want to call it that, which I will because I've not got a better word for it. But they've probably got a wee bit more guile um, than, than they have had previously.
2: Speedball or something that I was thinking. Yeah, let's,
1: let's uh, <laughs> stop before we, we get. sort of speedball. But, in <laughs> um, Ross County, are really, I mean, they're, they're becoming quite a good team. They're becoming a team now who you think are probably moving away from the bottom of the league because they have good players and they have guys who maybe struggled to start and are now finding their feet in Scottish football and are are showing their ability. And they'll be really disappointed that the, the big question mark over them is is the fact that they've conceded late goals in, in a couple of games in a row now. Deservedly, um, Livingston equalised in this game. County County deserved to take the lead when they did, but Levy um, threw everything at them towards the end of the game, and it felt like that thing with County's mentality of like they were just creeping towards their own goal. And if you invite that much pressure and you're not that good a team, um, you know maybe if you're like the best defensive team going, you can afford to invite that pressure. But when you've got poorer quality players, you're you're probably going to concede chances like the ones that they did and it wasn't just the goal, there was there was a couple before that you and think... he could have lost it. I mean Holt, Holt nearly picks yeah. out the, the winner right at the end.
2: Yeah, he was unlucky. What did you think about the goalkeeper for the, for the late equaliser? I thought that he maybe wasn't positioned great if he wasn't going to make an attempt to kind of jump and get the ball he was kind of, he was a wee bit further off his line than he maybe should have been and I thought he Therefore, didn't have quite as good a view as the header. Like, he sees it far too. He sees it. He sees it very late, obviously. But I, I just felt that if he's a wee bit further back, he can maybe see it a little bit quicker, and he can just be covering his near post. And, and and if he makes, him it's another thing. I, I, feel like he doesn't make himself that big because he, he doesn't he doesn't have enough time to to react to it. So am I being a bit harsh on the on the keeper here? A
0: um, a wee bit. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of bodies in that there were you know like I, I the first time I saw it I thought like it, it doesn't even look like it's, maybe he was it's confused
1: what, by
2: the colour of the strips
0: well that honestly I watched I watched it on sports scene and then I watched the highlights back and even in the knowledge that they were wearing the wrong shirts even at the end I still couldn't get my head around it it reminded me of a a few years back, when when uh, Scotland played Sweden in Sweden, and they wore blue shirts and we wore yellow shirts, and there was a story of one of the uh, one of the members of the Tartan Army that had had a little bit more to drink than everybody else, and at the at full time was delighted that Scotland had won three <laughs> 0 um, and had to be had to be gently reminded that a. Scotland were playing in yellow, and B, we don't have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> I wonder who he thought Zlatan was. I would love to know who he thought Zlatan was, but no. Um, Kevin, I, I, Kevin Kyle's grown his hair. <laughs> and developed a touch. Um, no, it, it was... Yeah, it, I think it was a little bit harsh. I think The first time I saw the goal, I thought the goal, the goalkeeper could even come and just try and punch that clear, but there are like four bodies in it, and it's it's a good header and it, yes it's kind of straight at him but I think he's a little bit unlucky that it doesn't you know hit a knee and go in a different direction um, that's I think I would be more critical of Stradjec for the first for 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 Counties one because as good a goal as that was um, it's not straight in the top corner it's not hit with like lots of pace and dip and and swerve it's a really nicely placed shot that if he were unsighted, then you know, fair enough, but he gets a hand to it. Um, it should have been a stronger hand. And is it the biggest goalkeeping heller of the season? No,
1: but I think he could have done a bit better with it. Yeah, I agree with that. On, on Streyek, in particular, I think that a, a better goalkeeper saves that shot, and that's that's fundamental. Like he's a, he's a mid range goalkeeper in the league and might concede that, but um, none of the better goalkeepers would have done. Um so I I while I don't want to like fill out criticize for it, I think that should that could have been prevented that goal. Um and I probably the same is true of the other one, to be honest. I think neither of them are neither of them are like egregious blunders, but they are things that could have been stopped.
2: Okay, let's move on to the Kilnack Stadium, where Hearts came away with a 1-0 victory, thanks to uh, Jamie Walker goal off the bench. Remember him. McPake was absolutely scathing of Jason Cummings, both before and after this game, he was left with 11 fully fit players. He had Alex Jakubiak on the bench, who wasn't fully fit, who was the one sub who came on, but the only other players they had on the bench, I think had they had one or two... Uh, starts between them or something like that, and uh, Cody Panther was one of them in the in the League Cup. So really, really threadbare squad for Dundee. I think the I was at this game. I I feel like they really competed well, considering given given the circumstances. I I, I feel that uh, McGee and Fontaine I thought were were brilliant. Um, I thought that um. McCowan and McMullen I mean they didn't threaten much at all in the game really but McCowan and McMullen both caused a few issues down the sides of the the back three and 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 for both teams on the day to be honest anything they created there was or got near to creating that the the final ball wasn't there or, there or there was just something something off and Jamie Walker came on in the second half the fans were singing his name as he was warming up um, and he came on, and he instantly gave Hearts more of a goal threat. They had they had, a, they, had they had their moments, but they they had threatened very little in front of goal. And one of the first things he does is he's got a works. A, I can't remember who it's. It is that lays it off to him, but it works. A great opportunity at the the edge of the box and, and lifts it over the bar. It was a poor finish. Then there's the one where he's through on legs then's and the whistle's uh, long gone. Now, it looked at the game, I, I can't say this with 100% certainty, but it looked at the game, the, the linesman definitely puts his flag up, and it looked at the game as if the foul had happened, Colm had let it go, the offside had been given, and then he brought it back for the for the foul. Now, it could be that Colm didn't see the flag or had already made up his mind that um, he was he was pulling it back for that fill, but it was it was a it was a it was a bit unlucky for Walker because he does well to round Legsdon's and slot it in. But um, I think you can kind of see Legsden's pull out of
1: it. It a, was a very I, tight offside decision, bit. if that is what was given, because um, it, it it might it might have been, but it was uh, it was definitely not a clear uh, a clear offside. I would say. Um, what well, one thing I would say with the, the Dundee team, you're you're right to say they were short on numbers, but actually the eleven they put out are all established first team players. So I always terrible, think it's, yeah. it's not Yeah, obviously. I mean it's not there might have been missing a couple of first team players, but it's the depth issue, it's the inability to change it which always becomes a problem, I think, because you looked at that team and you went, Well if they'd picked that team without any injury crisis, you'd have went, Oh yeah, that's a that's a Dundee team. Um, but yeah, I I I watched uh, I watched a chunk of this game before bef- while you could see it. Um and it I actually thought, wasn't
2: as bad at the game. It looked much worse on the television. We could see pretty much everything up until about the last 10 minutes and then we couldn't see uh, the, the, the far end that well and Robbie Nielsen said after the game that pitch side it was fine and it was never really in doubt. If it, I mean if it had been an hour later or something then yeah the game would, would have been in doubt but it was, it looked a lot worse. I, I could see Jamie Walker's goal fine and it looked like you could barely see anything on the on the pictures and the highlights Sorry I just wanted to add that.
1: No well, that's fair I, I'd already invested an, an hour of my life uh, on on Saturday into watching a game that never reached the end so <laughs> you'd be glad it did, it did finish um, but the the I thought um, it, it was a pretty poor game standard-wise. Yeah, as you say, both teams it tried was. hard, but the quality was really not there from either team, which you'd expect from Dundee, to be honest, because I think that's been their problem all season. They've had effort, a lot of it, but not enough quality. Hearts can and should do better in these games, but they won't care because sometimes you just got to get the win and they got the win. And having a player like Walker, I don't particularly rate Walker, but the one thing you'll do is... When he gets an opportunity, he'll be direct, he'll try to make things happen. And sometimes in a game like this, this is this is all you need. And you said, you know, I, I agree with you. Like his introduction just brought a wee bit of an injection of um something different into hearts. And while the goal doesn't directly lead from being that, it's just the right place at the right time thing. But he's he'd, he'd already um,
2: shown a threat before that yeah well. exactly, exactly and on that by and, the way he has a very good scoring record for hearts I think it goes unnoticed how good his scoring record is and yes you can argue that some of it was in that really high scoring season in the championship but still I couldn't quite pin down the, the exact figure but I had a look around and it's somewhere in the high 40s early 50s he's, he's scored for hearts and that's I mean that, that that's very good by, by good
1: for a midfielder who I, yeah. as I've said I don't think is very good like it's not it's not it's not the worst record at all when he Had spells away and so on, but yeah, it was a a win that Hearts will look back at the end of the season and say we we got three points and and it won't be remembered for much more than that. Um, but that's fine. Dundee, I'm a wee bit worried about because, as I've said, kind of a lot, I quite like watching them, like, and that's why I I, I do tend to probably watch Dundee games if I'm picking if I'm on a podcast, I I kind of gravitate towards them because I think like they're, they're an interesting team to watch, but they without Adam and um, we particularly don't have a lot of quality I think Griffiths has been a, ma- a major disappointment in general and I think Cummins um, obviously wasn't playing this game but in general is probably maybe not quite good enough for this level which um, I didn't expect from him but I think his attitude and you see with things like that like where his priorities lie and the same is true of Griffiths and, and that becomes a problem you can maybe carry it a player like that but when you build a squad around kind of loose cannons um Adam himself obviously being one as well now um, you're always running a risk there and and I do worry that if Adam is out for any length of time be it with his injury or with anything else that might happen um, he he will be a big miss even though I he's influential, doesn't run a lot but his quality is what they're missing when they don't have him they, they just lack any real genuine quality they've got lots of good willing runners it could be difficult if they don't do good business and I don't necessarily think they will
2: yeah because he was to, to an extent pulling up trees for them earlier in the season let's go on to our final game of this evening and that was Rangers 1 Dundee United B. Now, Dundee United were without a number of players for this one, which was definitely nothing to do with their trip to Newcastle because all the players were in their beds watching the F1 at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? That's definitely what happened. We're we're definitely Mm. swallowing that and not questioning it at all. Um, Yeah, there was a number of teenagers on the side. They were missing a number of key players. I'm not going to go through them all, but they brought in some players that, even some United fans had never heard of before. The likes of sixteen-year-old uh, Craig Moore came in and did well. Uh, Mockery. Um, it was a very young central midfield, actually, in, in particular, um, Darren Watson came in in an unfamiliar position and played very well as a right wing back. And in the end, Tom, they were done undone by a really stupid decision from from McMahon. It, it looks like it's it's kind of sort of half instinctive but when you look at it I mean there's no obvious immediate danger that he's kind of cutting it out from
0: yeah and they were they were good I mean the United were good they weren't just um, they didn't just kind of hold their own and batten down the hatches I mean I I when I saw that team I was I, I thought that right this is just going to be brutal you know Rangers are going to just run over the top of them they could score six or seven here um, but Dundee United in early on were the ones doing all the running, I mean Rangers did I, I don't know what Giovanni van Bronckhorst has seen in the career of James Tavernier at Rangers to make him think that he could be uh, potentially play as a centre-back um, that experiment was started and reversed very very quickly. Changed his
2: mind very very quickly on that one. Here.
0: I mean yeah the, the, okay we've got all the evidence we need this is not going to work um, but because because of that and because it was a bit of a reshuffle it did give Dundee United the impetus early on and, and they had a couple of sniffs of goal and they were in it they were in it throughout um, they were only really undone by this moment of madness from from McMahon where the ball I don't know if he's expecting the ball to go in a different like if he's expecting the, the, the cross to come in in a slightly different direction or what but he just kind of he looks like he's going he's trying to head the ball but it's at arm height and he throws his arm out at it and it hits his arm and it's definitely a penalty Um, I think you could everybody knew that it was a, a penalty and Trevor Carson kind of just stops like like there's not, not even any point in debating it but even after that, they had their chances, and um, I think Watson hit the bar in the in the last minute, and they they hung in there, and it was it was an impressive performance from from Dundee United. I think they they put in a lot of running. They they, they were very very good off the ball, um, and they knew how Rangers would 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 come at them. I think um, Carson had made a couple of decent saves from. Uh, one from Morelos, one from Scott Wright, but they kind of kept Rangers at arm's length for large parts of this game. And I, like I say, I was convinced that if Re- if Dundee United got away with, you know, a kind of three 0 they would have done pretty well from from the day's work. But um, no, they, were, they, they. I think it's probably too much to say they would have deserved the point because Rangers were the better team and did have the better chances, but they more than held their own.
2: I wonder if GVB was doing try to do a Gordon Strachan versus Gibraltar at the start of the game. <laughs> Just play one centre-back and two full-backs and then build your team around yeah, that, that. Which we went one nil on, down in bite. that match.
1: <laughs> it was a wee bit unconvincing from Rangers. But their again, first ever...
2: It. I think, was it their first ever... Goal or the first ever competitive yeah,
1: goal. I've got. I've got to say, like, I get a bit. I get. I, I don't understand people who think it's embarrassing that you concede a goal to a team when you beat them six-one. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> um, just pretty funny that it came. Like, in it's stricken, funny at the time. It is, it's only. <laughs> it's only embarrassing if you don't then immediately go up with and bat or more against them. Like, I also um, had a bet on
2: it.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but the the Rangers, it's unconvincing, but they won, and, and we've said that a few times. And if we keep doing it, that that's fine. Um there, there's really not a lot to comment on in on their performance. That's the thing. Like um, Scott Wright, I think, continues to look quite bright, but maybe it doesn't impact the game enough to become a regular. Um, it's good good to see Patterson get more minutes, but for God's sake, like we don't need another left back. So get them over Swap, play, play Tavernier left back. Yeah, no put um, the more
2: experienced campaigner over there, yeah, please.
1: Um and yeah, so the, the, there's not like loads to comment on their performance. I think the, the thing with United and the young guys coming in is that they've... Courts has built... Because he has been brave earlier in the season and picking some of these guys and giving them minutes and giving them games, it's much less daunting to then have to chuck them all in together. Whereas you can imagine some other clubs who, who don't have that same faith in their youth players um, and I mean it's always hard to say because maybe they don't have the faith because the youth players aren't good enough and Dundee United are you don't know but um, it would have been much harder for them to chuck together a midfielder young guys and in, in them all to play as well as United's did so there's that bit of balance I would say um, in general and United will be happy coming out. they'll not be happy because they lost but like as you say they don't take a big hit off of that and they'll be looking kind of forward at what they've got coming up. They're obviously in a wee bit of a slump, which they'll need to address. But the fact that they've got young players that they can trust, it's always, it's always so good because it gives you so much more flexibility in the transfer market to go out and rather than having to buy three or four squad players, you can condense that money together to buy one really good or sign one really good player. Because you know that if if you need to, the young guys will step in it's, it's it's nice to be able to do um so yeah they, they are they look to be in a good position because that's if you want to establish yourself as a top flight club when you come back up you need to turn into a team who are comfortable who have good youth system who have players coming through and can build a good squad and so that they're, they're in a nice spot at the moment we'll obviously see what what the new year holds for them
2: yeah i, I feel I, I totally agree they about you saying then what they add to the squad there and even in this match they showed that they they added a vibrancy and a fearlessness that you kind of feel that they've been missing a little bit recently so yes interesting times uh, and this result could even though it's a defeat it could just be the confidence booster they need to kind of get their their season back on track because they they are on quite a poor poor run at the moment I think think that's us guys I think we should wrap up And go
1: wrap up a nice Christmas pun. Exactly,
2: (laughs) it went through my head, but I couldn't think of anything smart enough to say about it. So that—that's why that's why there was a long pause. Um. So we're—it's just left for us to wish uh, a merry Christmas to the the listeners when it comes. Thanks once again for another year of your attention. It's really been appreciated, and we're gonna have a show. believe some point at the middle of next week and then we will be having another show after the January matches just ahead of the winter break but there will still be Patreons going up so get yourself over there get yourself subscribed if you aren't already we are going to go over there if you are
1: subscribed buy it buy it for someone else as a Christmas present (laughs)
2: excellent and we're going to talk about Tommy Wright Who was told, apparently, that if he did not win the match at the weekend, he would lose his job. He did not win the match. The match didn't finish, but he did not win it. So they sacked him. And we're going to go speak about that and what's next for Kelly and why is it going to be Jack Ross. So if you want to listen to that, then come over there and we will see you all soon. Speak to you later, Craig. Bye bye. Speak to you later, Tom. Cheers. And Merry Christmas, everyone.